A real delight to speak to you, Isaac. And I think for anyone who's anyone, if we sit back and just reflect on the last three, four years uh, that we've been through in terms of the global and the South African economy, boy, we've had a lot to navigate, right? It still feels as though we have yet to catch up to pre-pandemic levels of economic growth and progress. Yes, and it's not as if we were exactly booming before the pandemic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you look at a number of indicators, we we kind of back to pre-COVID levels, but we're not, you know, strongly above pre-COVID levels. Um, we basically just returned to the the sort of the situation we had before the pandemic, which which in itself is good news. Um, but, you know, we obviously want to be in a very different place. We want to be an economy that's growing rapidly, that's creating jobs, and and really to get there, we we need to be investing a lot more. Um, and I think that's sort of the, the nub of your question. You know, how do we get more investment into South Africa? Yeah. And I guess before we even talk about South Africa itself as an investment destination, we also need to understand that we might be a small, but we are a very open economy that is typically swayed by a lot of the global factors. Uh, when we talk China, the economic recovery is still in waiting. The U.S., uh, inflationary factors. Help us contextualize uh, some of the other issues that we're battling with at a global level before we then come to South Africa as a potential investment destination. Absolutely. I think the global context is is massive um, and, and often underestimated by us, you know, with an insular focus on our own problems. So, yeah, I think the big issue internationally, the number one issue is the global interest rate cycle. Um, you know, we've seen the U.S. Federal Reserve hiking interest rates quite aggressively. Now, what that does, among other things, is it kind of sucks capital out of emerging markets like South Africa towards the U.S. because investors can get you know, decent returns without taking any risk. So that acts like a magnet for capital globally. So it's a, it's a very capital constrained environment for countries, you know, across, across the emerging, uh, across the emerging world. Now that picture is now starting to shift because we're now talking about, uh, interest rate cuts from the Fed, you know, this year as U.S. inflation has actually started to, to ease quite nicely. So I think it is a different picture and possibly a, a bit more of a benign picture for countries like South Africa. And then, of course, yes, we are very closely linked to China um, in the sense that we are a big commodity exporter. And, uh, you know, the Chinese economy has not really been doing that well. They've got their own problems. You can spend a lot of time talking about that. But just let's say at a high level, China is not growing as strongly as it used to. Um, and that has an implication. And then I think the other thing remembering is um, kind of the mix of commodities that we export also sl- slightly falling out of favor. You know, as electric vehicles gain traction, yes. platinum palladium becomes less attractive. Um, and, and that is a particular problem because obviously we're the biggest producer of those um, commodities. 100%. I'm glad you allude to uh, what we're seeing in terms of commodity prices because that's often been our, our competitive uh, card or, or, or secret source, right? But when you do take a look at South Africa in comparison to some of its other emerging market peers, how do we stack up? Yeah, so the commodity story is 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 very important, and that's a blessing and a curse, you know. So when commodities are booming, we do well, and when commodities prices are low, you know, then we struggle. And I think that's sort of where we are at the moment. So um, in that sense, we're very similar to countries like Brazil and Mexico and a lot of Latin American countries. We don't look too different to them. Um, 
Where we do differ quite a lot is countries like India, Indonesia, where you have large populations that are sort of growing into the middle class, that are urbanizing, and there's an internal growth driver. There's a lot of investment in those economies, building out the infrastructure. So there's like a, a snowball effect. You know, one thing leads to another, and you can sustain rapid economic growth rates. Um, that's just not the case in South Africa. We look a lot more like Brazil and, and Latin America, and it's sort of stop-start depending on what commodity prices are doing mm. and global conditions generally are doing. Sure. When you said Brazil and Venezuela, I got nervous there, right? Because those are economies that themselves have been plagued by by additional challenges. And maybe let's continue down down that path, um, especially contextualizing South Africa's challenges. The grey listing, we're well aware of load shedding. Transnet has also been a major uh, area of concern. And on top of that, we throw in expectations for 2024 to be an election year uh, where for the first time since the dawn of democracy, there's a lot of questions around the majority rule in South Africa. So I'm keen to understand how this perhaps further adds to the murkiness in the water. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just to clarify, um, we're not like Venezuela. Venezuela is, is oh, sure. has unfortunately really collapsed yeah. and we're not like that at all. Um, so, but we are, we are a bit more like, like Brazil, which is still, you know, which is still one of the world's top 10 biggest economies. Um, it is an uncertain time for South Africa, and I think the election, you know, will be at the back of many investors' minds, and I suspect many will just sit on the sidelines until there's more clarity. Um, you know, and, and the other issues are own goals. You know, we, we, we could have a world-class logistics network. We could have a world-class energy infrastructure. You know, we just don't, and there's a series of very bad policy decisions that have led us to this to this point. However, that is also the big investment opportunity in South Africa. Mm. So if you, if you ask, if you tell a foreign investor, you know, what, what is there to invest in South Africa? What are the opportunities? Then I would say really it's upgrading our infrastructure. Um, massive opportunity because we need much better infrastructure, physical infrastructure, energy, logistics, telecommunications, digital, the whole works, water, roads. You know, there's a huge opportunity here. The, the, the trick is how do you get investors to to um, to buy into the story and and partly also, you know, it's about government relinquishing control over these sectors because you know the only way that investors can come in is if government kind of steps back and says, fine, you can run a port, yes, you can run a railway, yes, you can build a power station. Um, that is how you're going to draw the investment in. Um, mm. And I think that mind shift or that sort of shift in policy is happening. And I think. Um, but we need to see more of it. And, and and obviously in that sense, the election is key. You know, that do we have policy continuity? I think we will. Um, but it is obviously there's a bit of a question mark there. Mm. If I'm understanding you correctly, then Isaac, this obviously speaks to the notion that we've been hearing from ratings agencies, uh, investment leaders and strategists like yourself, that we do need the necessary policy reform uh, or economic reform. Uh, and it does seem as though this is where we've been uh, slightly laggard in our approach uh, to creating a fruitful economic and investment environment. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's been slower than expected, but it is happening. Um, it is just frustratingly slow, but I think those reforms are taking place. If, we, if you look at the electricity side of things, I mean, the, the big change that, that private in private households, companies can generate their own electricity, um, you know, that's in a boom in investment in small scale sort of so, rooftop solar, et cetera. So, you know, once you allow the private sector to do some of these things, once you know, you, then you just unleash the creativity and the innovativeness uh, and the ingenuity of, of South Africans. And it's, and it's definitely there. Mm. Um, you know, so we need to see that kind of rolled out across lots of elements of infrastructure. Obviously, some, some forms of infrastructure, you know, 
a bit more complex and 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 uh, you know require you know more regulatory oversight. You're not going to allow any any old buddy anybody to build a nuclear plant, for instance. Oh, sure. <laughs> but but really, it's it's a mind shift. You know, it's a mindset that says we want to attract investment. We don't have to control every single element of these network industries. We can allow private participation. Um, I think it's happening, but it it is it is slow going. Um, there are obviously also kind of uh, technical regulatory challenges. So we, we're generally moving in the right direction. It is just not happening at a pace that gives you confidence that we're going to see fast growth. You know, so most growth forecasts for South Africa for this year probably around two percent at best. Sure. And of course, that creates another. Um, impediment to investment because if you have a rapidly growing economy that also attracts other types of kinds of investors mm-hmm. so it's, again it's that snowball effect that you want 100 percent, and you you're really right that we we need to uh, move a lot more quickly uh, in our pace I, i'm also intrigued though uh isaac I, i'm aware that you focus a lot more on investment opportunities especially for the private sector but are we still expecting to see the rising debt burden impact our fiscal positioning uh and even you know a lot more confusion around where we are from a monetary policy point of view yeah, I think the fiscal situation is challenged. Um, and, and the reality is there's no easy way out. You know, South African, the South African government spends too much relative to its income. And of course, its income is basically tax revenue. Um, and, and so that situation has to change. It, 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 it has borrowed a lot of money. It is running out of road to borrow anymore. The more it borrows now, the more it's going to end up spending on interest costs because remember it is borrowing at relatively high interest rates, you know, nine, 10, 11%. Um, and, and you don't want to be in a situation where you're spending, you know, a large part of your budget on just paying interest. Um, so I think there's a there's a recognition from, you know, the government and the finance minister that the debt level needs to be consolidated, needs to be stabilized. Um, that means, you know, the government is limited in its ability to spend in order to stimulate the economy, which again gets you back to that point is, you know, it's the private sector that needs to be stimulating economic um, activity. The government just doesn't have the money at the moment. 100%. Isaac, always a pleasure speaking to you. It's going to be an interesting year as we uh, look to get updates from you in terms of the economy, the politics, and of course, some of the investment proposals that might be brought forward. But thank you so much for your time this evening, sir. Thank you. Good night. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.